I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Ben Osterveld. Ben is extremely passionate about ensuring investors discover and explore the why behind the goals they put in place. So many investors just start building their business without examining where they're headed and why they're headed there. What Ben and I talk through is why that can be really dangerous and how we can learn to set our compass before heading down a path that's leading where we don't want to go. I loved Ben's mindset on investing and personal growth in general. It's so important that we understand where we're headed and all the factors to consider, both positive and negative, that it'll take to get us there. I'm sure you'll leave this episode as energized as I did. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now here's my conversation with Ben. All right, guys. uh, Today we have Ben Osterveld with us. Ben, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good, good. So happy to have you here. Um, excited for you to share your perspective. Um, you know, I've read a bit about your background, and you just have a lot, a lot of insight and a lot of perspective to share. A lot of experience. So really excited for you to share that with my listeners. Thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. I'm ready to rock and roll. Awesome. So yeah, let's let's dig right in. Uh, tell me a little bit, Ben, about yourself, about uh, how you got involved in real estate, kind of what your background is there, how long you've been doing it. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, let's see here. Started started real estate investing when I ran into a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was a testimony style book. And uh, I realized, holy crap. Oh, by the way, can we swear? Sometimes I drop someone. Yeah, so no do, problem do, at all. Yeah, yeah, if, go for if, it. <laughs> so I apologize ahead of time. But, but um, yeah, I read a book and I was in sales and I was selling office furniture. And I realized I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like this. It's in my blood. I'm like, there's people out there that do this. And I just got... I just kind of hook, line, and sinker fell in. I took his mentorship course, which was a total like upsell on my credit card. One of those like yeah. hard sells. I'm like, yeah, man. They're like, can you raise your credit card limit? I'm like, oh yeah, I can. I got totally got, got sucked it. right in. <laughs> Bought the course, and uh, it. W- I don't even know if it helped me or not, but I uh, my very first rental was a lady. Uh, sorry, it was it was a foreclosure, and in Canada, that was about I don't know how many years ago, 2004 or five or something. And uh, I was like, okay, sounds good. And I called the guy and I said, I'll buy it. And they're like, aren't you going to negotiate? I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And so what I did was I used a credit card, cranked up my credit card. I bought the house for like 10 grand on a credit card because it was an assumable mortgage. And what's crazy, because that's obviously can't do that nowadays. You have to pre-qualify and different things like that. I was like, yep, take it. Just kamikaze. (laughs) So I bought this thing and uh, I went to go visit the tenant. And the tenant hadn't paid their rent. This is my first one. And so I went to the door, knocked to the door, and she drops to the ground like I dropped a grenade in her house. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, I'm your landlord. I'm just young, right? Yeah. And right. so so, anyways, that was my first. I got it and I had to go through an eviction process with bailiffs mm-hmm. and everything. And but that property tripled in the in in the in the next few years because I hit the boom town. And uh that turned into about five or six or seven investments from that one. But so I did real estate investing. I went and I went crazy. I quit my job thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. Just foolish, right? Like I would never do that today, but I bought 41 properties in 14 months, built wow. investors, got joint ventures, 
did flips. I just went nuts and and uh, ended up with the holding of 61 properties. Went through the crash, which was absolutely terrifying. Uh, when I had 61 properties, I had investors, uh, um, and I'm, I'm good at sales and communication. I put good deals together, but there was a lot of holes in my in my business, just not experienced. And I just was going, and it was easy because it was boomtown. And it feels yeah. a little bit like that today, to be honest. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of these things. Everyone's doing real estate investing, and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember this. That's right. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to crash, but I definitely feel that same energy nowadays. But anyways, I. I had to retool my life during the during the crash. I, I questioned everything. I started going, why am I even doing this? I only I wanted to buy the Edmonton Oilers. Big dreams, right? Big dreams, big goals. If you don't, if you don't hit the stars, you hit the moon or whatever. Like just yeah. obsessed with business and just completely not connected to what I wanted in life. And I was building out this massive thing. Like if it was 61 doors, I wanted a thousand doors. If it wasn't a thousand doors, ten thousand doors. There was just this endless hunger. And I uh, didn't really examine that. So anyways, I, I turned into a business coach after that, started teaching marketing. Uh, and, I, and, and then I started focusing on, on real estate agents, realizing as an investor how honestly it was the, the real estate agents were pretty lame. Like I remember one story that I bought 16 condos from this, from this developer that was going under and their agent was probably making at least four or five grand at least per door. So I'm looking at it going, I think I just made this girl $100,000 in like in like three weeks and i didn't even get a thank you card like like we were talking about disneyland you're you're sitting there right near disney world yeah. and you work for disney which i think is awesome <laughs> and she could have sent my whole family like just imagine if she sent my whole family to disneyland she would to this day be the only agent that i would ever use my whole life and it would cost her yeah. say five grand or ten percent of her commissions mm -hmm. from that massive deal so that kind of got me going i really niched hmm. out into real estate and uh, I've been a, I built a real estate company, became rookie of the year myself as a real estate agent. Went to uh, built a team instantly. Built a team. We became one of the top real estate uh, selling teams in all of Western Canada. And I'm actually just brokering a sale of that company in the next few weeks. To be honest, I'm selling it. I've been coaching real estate agents all over North America and businesses, running personal growth retreats. And I have a program called the Real Estate Systems Reboot. But that's a quick, that's as fast yeah. as I can do it, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, 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 no, that was really good. Um, there's a lot there. I, I do want to step back for a second. And you, you'd said when you first got started, um, you had said, what, was it 61 properties, 14 months? Yeah, something like yeah, that. it's, yeah 41 properties in 14 months. It just went. In four Forty-one properties, exactly. fourteen months. That, that's it. so. When I hear that, and often um, I know when when my listeners hear that, especially when I was, and I'm still um, young in all of it, but <clears throat> even so, when I would hear that, I first started getting started. I was like, "Okay, what's realistic for me? Like, what what can I feel like I can accomplish?" And I'm hearing people on podcasts or in YouTube seminar or whatever talk about that many properties that quickly. Um, that feels really intimidating and really overwhelming. Yeah, it's like, it I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, man, I, you know, I've been working for a year and a half and I, I have my one or whatever. Yeah. Um, what approach did you use? Would you, uh, was it a variety of approaches? Would you recommend it? Would you not help break yeah. that down a little bit for someone who hears that number? And it just feels like yeah. that's beyond what so, they can comprehend. So I've, asked, I've been asked a lot of advice, right? And a lot of times people like myself who have done experience, first of all, it goes into, okay, here's the three steps. Yeah. This is like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. How the hell am I supposed to give you guys advice who's listening? That's not my thing. But what I can do, first of all, one the piece of advice I can really uh, talk about 
is if you uh, comparison's a disease. Yeah. It's a disease like alcoholism. You have to not do it because you'll, first of all, you got to tie to what you actually want in life. What's the purpose? I want to be rich. I want retirement. That is so fucking abstract. Yeah. And you'll get lost so fast. You'll lose. I mean, I lost so many years with my kids, almost had a divorce. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what really happens with that kind of success. If you don't know what you want. So Mm -hmm. there's my real heart. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. sure. I can show you how, if I built a real estate investment company, now I would dominate, but is that what I want? Mm -hmm. And your listeners right now, if they're three quarters brand new, or they're kind of Mm -hmm. entry level, check in. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how much money do you actually freaking need? Mm -hmm. Like really? And, and, you're building a retirement. So if you had 10 properties that are all paid off, that's pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you have three properties paid off. I remember my father-in-law, he just passed away a couple of years ago. He bought a rental property. So I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm going a roundabout way here, Brandon. No, yeah, because I'd rather, I'd rather yep. give people real value than be yep. like, here's the three tips. You're never going to do anything with, yep. <laughs> Definitely. you know, like, mm-hmm. and so, so my father-in-law, he actually, he actually was an entrepreneur too, but he, he bought two properties years and years before he, like, before I was even alive probably. He was in the game like way before it was cool. He owned two properties. And here's the thing. What happened was total uh, tenant, typical stuff. You go through a tenant smashes the whole place up and it's a bad story. They sell it because they don't want to be landlords. And that was a huge mistake because right now he's passed away. His wife, owned, his my, my mother-in-law owns a house paid off, but mm-hmm. he, she could have had three. three. Yeah. She would have been a millionaire right now. Mm-hmm. So that's how powerful it is to have two. Yeah. That's two. Right. Mm-hmm. But what, when we watch Grant Cardone, we watch fucking all these people out there. You're yeah. like, oh my goodness, like what's wrong with two paid off properties? Mm-hmm. That's a better retirement than probably 90% of people on the planet will ever mm-hmm. have. But we mm-hmm. lose track because you hear a guy like me. Yeah, guys, you want to be like me, 61. And I could drop mm-hmm. it. And 61 came with a price. Yeah. So, so some of the advice I'd give is this. One property, I love the up-down rental with a garage. There's three forms of revenue, super simple. You can, but remember the one thing is a furnace costs five grand. A mm-hmm. roof costs seven grand. Yeah. Like you're you're not sitting there. Cash flow is a cash flow is a scam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a scam because you got to reinvest it all. If yeah. not, sure, you can like, oh, I'll live off my two or three grand a month. No, no, no. You need to save that. Right, right, right. You need to save that. It's a depreciating asset wearing out. The weather's killing it. You got to. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, I just spent $3,000 on a leaky toilet. So I was vacant. for. I got a property in another city, six weeks or eight weeks vacant, which is so rare for me. Like I mm. don't have vacancies. This one was rare. It's Alberta, total oil and gas world. Things are changing here. Mm-hmm. And so and so there's a lot less uh, rental uh, opportunities and way lower rents. It's just part of the deal. You go through ups and downs. But I had six to eight weeks of a leaking toilet without me knowing. Mm-hmm. So guess what? Tenant moves in already at a discounted rent to get it rented after two months. She walks and goes, I can't move in here. And then her mom's on me. Well, my daughter can't <laughs> live here. I'm like, shit. Uh-huh. So I'm in, I'm literally 1200, like I'm a thousand miles away from that, hmm. but that property. So I got, I got people that, that help me out. So we make phone, I get on the phone hardcore. I got like, I got like three days to make, fix a mold issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ripped out. So 3000, he, he wanted 3,800. I said, screw you. I'll do it for three. He goes, okay, deal. That's mm-hmm. how you deal with contractors, by the way, yeah. <laughs> you just play ball, hardball with them. And then yeah, it's five, six, seven days later, renovated it, put it together. And there you go. And then she texts me and shows me the door seal that's broken. Can you nice. fix this? And so the money that we make on cash flow goes back in. Yeah. That's the best yeah. advice I can give. And so, so the thing is for newbies, one or two, 
if you have a, and play the long, long, long game, flipping, I've done flipping, it's super high risk. Most people don't make money. That's just the fact. All the TV shows, I don't know how the hell they do it. They're like, unless you got 2 million bucks and you can pay cash and you don't carry the overhead and maybe the investor just gets a piece of the pie. But honestly, like I love the long game of rentals. Love it. But you don't need that many to have a really great retirement. That's right. Well, that's so helpful to hear, Ben. I I, I love I love that perspective. I, I I couldn't agree more that it um you hear these huge numbers and it's and it's hard then for you to truly uh, apply that to your life, what you actually need, what your goals are, and to be realistic to achieve them. Um, you know, I feel like I walk into a room, I go to a local real estate association seminar and you know, of course, people ask about numbers like, well, how many do you have? How many how doors? Have how, many doors? how many doors yeah. do you have? How long have you been working? And my wife and I have our, our goal right now of to get three investment properties before we buy our own for ourselves. And it's taken us five cool. years and we have one and we want to get two more in two years and we'll see. But like, I feel like with those numbers, I like have to like slink out of the room like, like here I am with my, but, but we know our goals. It's a long-term game. We want to at least, if we have three children, we have two, we want to at least be able to have uh, a home that can pay for each one of their college education. Um, if, if we can get more, that'd be awesome and put that away towards our time. We're playing this long game and that just doesn't fit into the narrative when you walk into a room and everybody's pushing, pushing, pushing a dozen doors this year, two everyone dozen next year. Everyone has an agenda, Brent. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah, the agenda yeah. is, 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 and everyone's building an image. Mm-hmm. They're building mm-hmm. an image. So you have to realize that they're not being truthful. Most people are That's building right. an image. That's when we right. meet a human being head to head, what are we going to do? Tell you when I fight with my wife? No, right, right, we're not right. going to tell you that. Yeah, hey, exactly. hey, you know, like, you know what I mean? I stubbed my toe before I came here. I cussed yeah. out all my kids and yeah. I jumped on the podcast. That's right. We don't talk like that. So no. we have to really just understand human to human is that we're probably getting uh, a narrative to create a story so you mm-hmm. believe something about me. That's just how human to human is. And it takes yeah. time to break that down. So at a conference, everyone's everyone's building it. Half totally. Of it's probably not totally. True. Yep. Everybody's setting up this, yeah, this framework so that you look at them one way and you're doing the same thing and it's, it's yeah. all a game. And you're right. Comparison is a disease and it can kill, it can kill your business. I mean, it can kill uh, your motivation to move forward and you could have ended up with three properties to retire on, but instead you didn't get one because halfway yeah. through your, your progress to one, you feel like you can't make it and you don't compare to everybody around you and you don't even get started. I think that happens all the time. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I love that perspective, Ben. Help me understand or what what's kind of some of what you walk either your coaching students through or other people that you uh, help mentor, how they can figure out what their goals are. Yeah. Um, I heard you say, you know, setting your compass. How do you set your compass? How do you understand, well, what is enough for me? How much uh, do I should I be going for? What strategies should I use to get there? Help me walk yeah. me through that. So you said what strategies. That's the last question. If you don't okay. even almost don't even need it. To be honest, like that's a Google search. Hmm. Like, it's funny. We have to remember when we go look at how you have fucking Google. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't used Google and executed on what Google has, we're talking billions of pages on exactly step-by-step guides, free programs, YouTube. There is so many answers. So if we're asking how, then I have to see what's wrong. Well, it's all there. It's free. So people come to me, oh, I need this. I need that. I'm like, no, you need to get out of your own way. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I need a coach to hold me accountable. No, you don't. Like, I'm just, I'm just an odd duck because the first thing I'll do with my everyone that I work with, I run personal growth retreats and I, and I also run a, a kind of a boot camp for real estate agents, but I'm a different guy. 
Like I've lived on the streets, man. I've, I've, I've gone through rehab. I've gone, I've gone through some pretty bad times in life, which forced me to look at how I tick or else I wouldn't have been a human contributing member of society. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was forced to look at the makeup of a human being, not because I wanted to help people at first. It's because I was so effed up that I I literally had rage, depression, anxiety, and Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. It was just something that happened as a kid. And you go through this and we all have a version of that story. I promise you, whether it would be neglect, there is something. So let's go for, first of all, we need to set that context. So here's what we need to do. What do we want is a very difficult question. Here's why we're navigating the American dream. We're navigating depends on which religion you were grown up in, whether you're going to, you know, which religion, because religion has the core beliefs they hand to you. Okay. I've nothing wrong with religion. It has an absolute place, but you're handed a set of beliefs. But the thing is what we need to do first things first is go, what do you want? That's a really weird question. For example, you want your kids to go to college. They are two years old right now. So in a weird way, they're going to have that expectation as they grow up. But what if they're an entrepreneur? What if they don't even want to finish high school? What if they are the next freaking Elon Musk that's going to hire all the high school students? So I think as parents, we we put that expectation subconsciously on our kids, okay? And that's totally fine. It's not like we're bad. It's just that we want the best for people. It's not like people were trying to hurt us. But the reality is we have parents that told us what to do. We have society that says that's not politically correct. We don't talk about things. Like if I said masturbation on this thing, we don't talk about that. Like it's just like there's just these rules that we don't cross. So now I'm going to say you need to be yourself within these rules. We have a very big problem. That's why it's very difficult to figure out who you really are because there's not a place to really be yourself. We have great memes, wonderful memes that say be yourself, but sometimes being yourself is not pretty. Sometimes sometimes you want to do stuff that's not in line with someone. So first thing we do is we go through a process called setting your compass. So first of all, I would say, what are your financial goals? This is really fun to do, Brandon. So let's, we play with someone like if, if normally, what do people say, right? What are your financial goals? especially in real estate, it's really easy to, to, to like set them up, to be honest. If it's an agent, they say, oh, 50 sales a year or a volume number, like 200 million or whatever. But if I say this, I say, okay, cool. You want to do 50 transactions. So it could be the same for your investor audience, 50, I want 50 or I want 10. I said, awesome. Sounds good. How did you come up with that number? 99% of them say, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you go, first of all, you got to get them to set their financial goal in front of you. Then once that's set, you say, okay, good. Now that you've got this financial goal, totally great. Love it. So I don't challenge the goal yet. So I'm showing you literally how you can coach someone to figure this out and coach yourself. So you, then you say, okay, next question. Tell me in detail what your life looks like now that you've hit that goal. Write that sucker out. You give me you know what's funny, Brandon? I do this a lot. And it's on my homework that I do with my coaching clients. And what happens is they say this, you know what? I just want to wake up in the morning. I want to have sit on my balcony, enjoy the sun and have a tea. I'll do a little bit of work. I'd like to travel. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're literally taking a bazooka to kill a mouse. It is so overbuilt financially to get that life. So in between what they really want and the financial goals, we have an emotional problem. 
The emotional problem is, I don't know what you're solving, but you don't need that much money. So what they're trying to do is get a feeling mm-hmm. of security, yeah. a feeling of security. That's called self-sabotage. You'll never direct, your, you'll never get it. Jim Carrey, what's he say? I wish everyone was rich and famous to realize that that's, that's not what you want. But the problem is, especially as a newer investor, you come into the game, you're like, no, 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 I want 10 doors. I want this. And they'll have this wonderful story. The other thing I I work with clients is just the bullshit we tell ourselves has to be challenged. Like, oh, I'm doing it for my kids. Yep. Doing it. No, you're not. You're doing it to feel valued because you weren't valued as a child. And this is going to prove to your father. We have to just have this norm. Make make, make Make the stuff in our life a normal conversation. It's not a big deal. We all have the stuff. But how is it playing into your investment plan, your career plan, how you're doing everything? It By the way, it plays into everything. So we just need to have the conversation. And if we know if it's an emotional issue and we're trying to have the sense of security, what if there's another option to get it within a year? And what if you could build a sense of security, then build your retirement? It's a different game. So this is the work that is is needed. It's not popular. What's popular is Grant Cardone. He says you need to have a billion investment properties. But the thing is, at the end of the day, Brandon, people just want to be happy, fulfilled, and loved. And that's what we're all trying to get. And when we have 10 or 15 properties, I get a lot of attention. And there's nothing wrong with having it. I still own a whole portfolio. In four different cities, I've got lots of real estate. I love making money. But the thing is, though, I want fulfillment is it's not tied to that. So there's a separation that's happening. So I don't know if I'm going to lose everyone on this, Brennan. Are you getting no, what I'm saying? No, I really am, Ben. I really okay, am. Okay. This, is, <clears throat> this is really helpful. And, you know, it's honestly uh, strikes right at the heart of the show that it's um, – that let's just talk for real. Let's not let's not throw out the big numbers or um, yeah, throw out these huge goals and all kind of uh, uh, puff up our chest and say this is how impressive I am. But to re- but for real talk, uh, what does that take? And I, I I loved what you had said of like yeah, I had that many properties, but it came at a cost. And you know yeah. what that means and how. I mean, I, I'm curious to know a little bit more though, Ben, about what your sure. perspective is on <clears throat> how how you do reach that point in which you come to a uh, a a goal that is realistic for you right like cuz yeah. nobody knows where yeah. to start all they do is they deep they reach deep down and they like you said we're all broken and we just say this is what i want because i want all this attention well how do you like to start sift sure. start to sift through that and so, say well it's not that that you want it's this like how do you start breaking that down so i'll give you an example um a, a guy that i've coached he's he's become a friend his name is Koken. He's one of my coaches as well. And he he actually, when he started with me, he was he's actually really, really into real estate investing. He's kind of a young prodigy. He's got a whole portfolio and he's in his 20s. And um, yeah, I think on, on my podcast, I interviewed him. So, but anyways, Koken comes to me at the beginning. He's like, you know what, Ben? I, he's a real estate agent and an investor, but he's really focused on selling investments to people, okay? So Koken says, Ben, I want to build a business. Because I say, what do you want your business to serve you? So if you can design your life and then design everything around that, that's the first step. Okay. So, so I start working with him and I'm like, look, he goes, and goes, I want to be away for six months of the year. You've probably heard that story, Brandon, 50 times, by the way, as soon as it's a theme where you hear a lot of, it's probably not their own. They've adopted that idea for sure. And so, so I said, okay, awesome. Rather than fighting someone and saying it's bullshit, which is half the time it is, it's partly true. I want time away. Mm-hmm. is what they're really saying. So I say, okay, cool. When's the last time you took a vacation? Oh, I haven't. Okay. So we're going to go from no vacation to the ultimate goal of being six months the way of the year. 
I said, why don't you, so, so he, I said, why don't you just try two weeks? And that is the problem. So my, my, my answer is start living the dream life today. Don't delay in some form because your dream life needs to be tested. If you don't test your dream of what this life is going to be today, you'll get there and realize, holy shit, this isn't what I want. That's midlife crisis. That's that's crazy problems. <laughs> that's divorce at 30 years married. There's all these things that happen when you get to this goal and realize it wasn't the goal. You feel like you've wasted your life. There's a really heaviness. We talk about retirement, but, but we don't talk about what we want. So he went away. He, he took one of my retreats, but then he took his wife and he stayed an extra week or two. Then he got back and he goes, man, I'm so happy I'm home. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I could never live away for six months. There's no way. I love what I do. I want to get back at it. And I was like, there you go. So now we've just changed your goal. So test your goals by living the life today in some format, some format. So it's like, oh man, I just, I'd love to own a winery. Awesome. Go work there for a month. No, no, I want to own it. No, no, no. Test first. Like in marketing, you test all the time. You test headlines, you test color of the buttons, you test marketing. Why are we not testing our future? So I think to get to what you want, you test. So you have this idea. The biggest problem is we adopt other people's beliefs. So we got to put that in the fire and see if it's actually yours. That's how we start sifting through this. And then what happens is if you get into a loop, a pattern that's not working and it's a practical solution that everyone's like, oh, why don't you just do this? Everyone sees it's an easy answer. It's an emotional issue. And you tell me right now who's helping emotional navigation for real estate investors, real estate business owners. You know, who is doing that? There isn't a place other than therapist who sits in their desk. They don't understand the business. So that's good. But there's just this missing hole helping someone navigate success. Everyone's teaching you how to get there. So this is kind of the idea. Let's do some test and trying on your dream life. Well, I don't know what I want. Well, that's why we got to figure it out. Tell me what you want. Instead of me telling you if it's right or wrong, go do it now. I want to, I want to, I want to race cars. Cool. Go rent a race car. Oh, I want to do this. I want to travel more. Okay, travel more. Well, I can't afford it. Oh, yes, you can. You can go for one night in a hotel and you could do something like you could do something at the level where it's 10% of what the dream is. Start trying it out. I don't know. Does that make sense, Brandon? It does. It does. I'm trying to I'm trying to think through, you know, in my own life, like what what those dreams are and what 10% of that would feel like. And if that cool. feels translatable, like if that if that would yeah. help me really vet out if if it was the right move for me or not. I feel like a night in a hotel I would come back and be like, that is so what I want. But if I go for two months, I'm like, oh, I can never do six months of that. You know, so like how, yeah, how so you got to kind of figure that is, out, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, and, and you just start moving toward it. There's not a science. Like here, I'll give you an example. I'm living in West Vancouver right now. Okay. I'm looking at the ocean. I'm living in one of the most, most prestigious neighborhoods in the entire area. And, and I've always wanted to be here. So what I did was I, every time I would take father daughter trips, I would take like one of my kids, I got five kids and I'm, I'm really big on one-to-one -one with each kid. So I would jump on a plane, which is a great write-off because I run retreats. So it's a great, so I fly there and go mm -hmm. look around and check mm -hmm. things out. There and so go. I take my daughter or my son with me to the place I love. Like the, the plane tickets are what, 500 bucks all in, you know, 500 bucks all in, you spend a thousand dollars, 1500 and three or four days with your daughter, one-to-one -one with her daddy. Like I built the life I want. So I get the daddy time. I get to be a great dad. And we go search. I get to go look at the retreat options. I get speed boats and venues and 
cool adventures that we put together and places that we could do stuff with my daughter. So it's all tax write-offs. I'm designing my life. And guess what? As of May, we moved here. I've always wanted to be here. This felt like home to me. And we made the move. But it took about five to eight years to get to the place I wanted to live. But I kept coming back here, running my retreats here. Just keep going. So, so it, And I wasn't, um, I wasn't attached like, uh, like it was like a dream board. It's following my heart. Like, I think we get so attached to the goal that we lose track of who we are. If it changes, it changes. It's a flow thing for me. But I know 100% if I ask myself, is this what I want today? Is am I living in the place I want to live? Am I doing the work I want to do? And am I being with the people I love to be with? So we audit, we do something called an energy audit. It's a really great process because what we do is we set the compass, but then we go into, well, we do a lot of emotional development stuff, but the one thing is an, is an energy audit. So what it is, is I literally, let's even for business, write down every single bit of activity you do in your business and just say, strengthens me, neutral or weakens me. It's a really great exercise. It's one of the things we do. And then what happens is so many people, I do this a lot with real estate agents. It's like paperwork is weakening me. All the administration is weakening me. I love showing houses. I love negotiating offers. So then I'm like, well, why don't you hire someone to do that? So my psychology when it comes to, the, to, the, to this is you, I use the energy audit to expose the work that you need to outsource because it's draining you. Because if you want to get to your goal, you're going to need a lot of energy. Because when you wake up at 60%, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. Mental game is everything, everything. Then the next thing we do, Brandon, if you want to go deeper, is we do body image. Now, this is crazy because if you wake up in the morning hating yourself, at 1% self-hatred, you literally have an energy leak all day. I could be better. I'm just, I'm just 10 pounds overweight. One of my retreats, Brandon, I, I started it out with a scale. I don't usually tell everyone my secrets, but this one I'll tell because it's powerful. I had a, we rented a mansion. We're looking over the ocean. And I said, okay, guys, first session, let's talk. So I bring out a weigh scale. There's some heavy people in my group. And there's some ripped Greek God type bodies in this group. And so I put the weigh scale out. I said, look, you're going to weigh yourself in front of everybody. But no one's going to see the number, but you're going to see the number. I said, what I want you to do is start paying attention to what goes on in the back of your head. And I want to start looking at the relationship with yourself. Because if you're ever going to get to success, keeping the success is just as important as getting there. And if you're, you're going to self-sabotage, if you hate yourself because you don't deserve success, it's a very simple concept. So we jumped on the scale, even so everyone was, we had some pretty crazy, we wrote on big whiteboards, the word that came up, <laughs> it was pretty intense, but what was really intense, Brandon, the guy that looked like a Greek God, he said he was five pounds overweight. It just wasn't enough. So this is what's interesting. We start auditing how you view your body, how you view yourself, and you'll realize how much energy you're spending, which you could be putting toward investing, toward, toward a life. But we're just sitting there, and that's a self-image thing. So that's an underlining on how, once you get to success, you won't keep it because you don't deserve it because I'm fat, you know, or like you're just never good enough. So these are just deeper psychology things that do come into play. Then we, then we audit the relationships around you. This is massive. So I say, with 10, put the most 10 influential people in your life, rate them from one to 10. One drains the life out of you. 10 just lifts you up constantly and energizes you. It's amazing to identify three or four relationships that are draining the life out of you. And those ones, those ones are more of a deeper process where either you need to have an honest conversation with them, change the relationship or get rid of it. I'm all about changing and reconciling first, trying to build it first. Most people are like, ah, just cut them out. I'm like, well, it doesn't have anything for your development.
you'll just attract another one like that. Mm. So I'm kind of going way off track on real soft real estate investing, but this is the heart of what you actually need to do to get successful. This is 50 times more important than saying, hey, do you want to do flips, holds, what city? Do you want to do multifamily? Awesome. Do you want to do JVs? I can tell you all the practical stuff, but Brandon, nobody on the show is going to be like, take it and go. They're going to be like, this is amazing. And they'll be inspired. They'll love your show. But imagine if what thing we say today just goes, that really changes someone. I feel like that's why uh, I think this is just, uh, it's so important, so important for people to actually get to that level of success they want to be at. Yeah, and I and I love the concept, like you said, of like preparing for success. Um, because even if you do happen to um, get, you know, get a number, get twelve properties in the first year or something, like if you're not prepared for that, if you don't have a foundation set of why you wanted that and where you're headed with it, uh, it'll either fall apart or it'll drain you to the point where you you're not happy in your life, and that makes yeah. a, a ton of sense. Um, what about, you know, if you if you feel like um, you do have your head around, you've, you've thought through what your goals are, yeah. um, h- how you get there, you feel like you've set a good foundation of what you're going to do once you're there, um, and, and you start down a, a certain path and you say, okay, I think real estate investing is for me, and I think kind of this strategy is right to get me there. Um, are you? I heard you say the word like change and adapt a couple times. Is that how you yeah. see it, where it's very much a, a growth road of like you... You're, you're testing things, you're trying things, or you um, more of the mindset, because I've heard both, more the mindset of like, you set your strategy, you say, yeah. this is how I want to get there. And you you go and you eliminate all distractions that make you feel like that's not the right move. And you recenter back on your focus and keep going forward. I mean, how do you approach that? So it's both true. That's why life is complicated. One is a performance mentality where if, if as long as that is a true goal, yeah, you just, you, distraction can be a self-sabotage. Or it can be the universe telling you to fucking change. Mm-hmm. And that is the question. That's why self-awareness matters. You've got to know yourself. you got to know, yep, I'm being distracted. If you know your history and how it plays in, we don't need to fix our shit. We just need to know it. That's the problem with personal growth. They're trying to fix it. Are you kidding me? I, I, I got beaten up as a kid. I got thrown out of moving cars doing drug deals. I've had, this stuff does not just get fixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't rage anymore. But I'm an intense guy. Like, I don't get angry anymore, but I'm an intense guy. There's a residue of who I was. I'm not, but I know who I am. Self-awareness is the goal. So then, so you can understand who you are, what you do in situations, like this level of self-awareness. If you go, there was a study done, okay? I talk about it a lot and this will help. And I'll get back to answering the, which yeah. one I think is, is there was a seven-year study done on the most successful people in the world, okay? And what happened was they did seven years of psychometrics. They did like psychology and they got to the top, top level. Okay, I think the book is called Know Your Genius or something. Uh, I did. A, uh, it's really influential because I talk about this on my seminars and different things. But what happened was it said, what is the common denominator of the 200 million plus people on the planet? The, over two, because a millionaire, that's literally anybody. But and they think it, like when someone's I want to be a millionaire, I'm like, well, that's just that's very small compared to what's available. So 200 million, not everyone's 200 million. And so what's the common denominator between those people? And it was seven years, 300,000 people. Like they got to this people, you know, it was weird because you think real estate, you think discipline, business planning, what are the, the guy actually remember him saying, um, said, you know, I, I, he goes, I was disappointed after the study because two things came out, authenticity and self-awareness means this. I'm brave enough to be me. 
means I'm not an actor in my own life. I'm not scared to hurt your feelings, Brandon, but I'm a good dude. And it's like, I'm going to be me. What I believe is what I believe. I got to be who I am. But the thing is, self-awareness is what gets you there. So this is the thing, right? That's where you become magnetic and attraction in this. That's where you almost go spiritual because you're like, how the hell does this happen? Crazy, lucky stories and all these different things. But I think self-awareness and authenticity just needs to be the core core goals. If you're going to want to be, that's just an actual study through psychology. And, so, and a huge study was done. So that said, first, how I do it is, is this, is that if I'm going to, if I got my shit together, I feel pretty good. But the thing is, if you know what you want, I don't think you have to even ask that question because watch this. I want three properties. I want to have enough money that I got the option to pay for my kids college or whatever. Right. Then what happens is you have this level of new awareness that shows up. Oh, you know what I like, you have to give space to grow. You have to, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a saying, it's a quote on my wall just up here. It says, have a mind open to everything and not attached and attached to nothing. So it's a spiritual kind of concept where you give room for magic, for, for flow, for God, for whatever it is. It's like, there's just this place that I'm limited to my own mind, my own dream, my own experiences, but you can't distract because I've changed lots of times and been self-sabotaging myself. That's where self-awareness comes in. So the answer is both set your goal, but here's what I got to say to you. What, what feels natural? I don't need to force it. That's the one thing like Brandon thinking about Disneyland, like I don't have to set a goal and be focused on it for my kids to get up and jump on the plane. They're just going to go for it. I can get them up at three in the morning. If we're going to Disneyland, there's, there's zero friction because we're going to fucking Disneyland. But if I tell my kid to clean the room before they can play video games, it's all friction. And so what we want to do is create a life that has less friction. So you wake up in the morning with the people you love, the place that you love to be doing the work you want to do. Those three huge elements will create flow. But a lot of times, if your goal is tied to something that is just not aligned, I believe that you'll be challenged all the way through. I think life has this beautiful place of teaching us when we don't want to be teaching. It smashes us up inside against the head sometimes and be like, wake up. I've had it happen many times where I'm going the wrong direction and it's like everything's fighting me. And so you got to step back and just ask yourself, is this something I need to push through, which I call a tight point? Is this a tight point or is this something I need to change. And that's the journey. That's why coaches, good coaches, by the way, a good coach is someone that doesn't tell you what to do, but draws the best out of you and helps you solve your problems. That's a really good coach. If you have a coach out there that just says, here's my system, follow me. You have a Google search. The same value as a Google search. Here's my system. You can Google search that. If you have a coach that helps you move forward, by helping you solve your own problems and giving you those tools pulls the best out of you. That's a real coach. Think about any sports team. They don't tell them what to do. They bring the best out of their team. So yes, both. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's really good perspective on each. Um, and I think that um, here, I, I love the idea of self-awareness and authenticity you were laying out, um, you know, and you're setting it up and saying uh, of these people, what's the two most important things. And I was trying to think through like, what could it be? And both those things make complete sense. Um, of the people that I know, uh, not only that are the most successful, but the most, uh, pleasant to be around. It's the people that are most self-aware, um, and most authentic. Right. And, um, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. People like that draw others to themselves, um, create opportunities for themselves because they're opening doors for other people and, and for themselves. So that's really interesting. Um, 
You know, I've heard you say a couple times, um, you've talked about like, it's a Google search, just look it up. We have so much information available to us. Kind of in that vein, um, I ask this question to all my guests and kind of, I get a variety of answers. It's always interesting to hear, uh, you know, Ben, as you've gone through your career uh, and you've, you've done coaching, you've done seminars, um, you know, you've, uh, anything you've done for your education, Ben, talk to me through kind of what one or two of the most important things you've done in your uh, real estate in particular, your real estate education that's been the most helpful for you, been the most enlightening and helpful. It's a, it's a tough question because I'll, I'll consume information just like the best of them. But the number one thing I feel it's so I always give these weird indirect answers, Brent. I feel like I go around in six store six circles and I get to the answer. So bear with me. But I I uh, I really believe you move forward because I really believe there's data and information that's very contextual to who you are as a human being and your story and who you really are and what you want that can't be answered until you take a step forward. Analysis paralysis is a very good way to talk about that. So I think I think this if you want to do an investment property. Buy one. <laughs> With the learning that you get from that, you cannot. When I got a lady dropping down like a grenade hitter who wants to, doesn't want to pay me rent, and I got to go through an eviction process, you can't read a book on that shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think, is this, is that move forward is the best education. There is no other better education. The other part, because when you go through education, there's a thousand ways to do it, Brandon. Very difficult to navigate. So you have to, that's why it has to be this personal relationship with your plan and it's got to be no comparison but i think you can learn from people i think coaches are really good as long as you know where you're going so there's always that disclaimer to the compass what's your compass that's why everything comes back to the compass because you'll just go run around and maybe i'll do flips maybe i'll do foreclosures maybe i'll do at single family maybe i'll convert apartments into condominiums maybe i'll do overseas maybe we'll do holiday like there's hundreds and just like real estate agents if you google i do this sometimes from stage when I get asked to speak, I'm like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. I say, open up your phones. Get everyone, get your phones open, right? Google this. Real estate new for strategies for, for new agents or real estate strategies. How many pages you got? 700 million pages. I said, what the F are you having me on stage for? Why am I here? Why the hell are you sitting in this audience watching me do a great little fancy keynote talk for you? Why? That's something we have to check in. So going, moving forward, there is no better education. You just can't, like, how bad can it be? Big deal. You blow, you blow the first one. That's, you pay. People spend $200,000 of debt to get a lawyer's degree, to get, become a lawyer. Yeah, you might spend 20, 30 grand in mistakes as an entrepreneur to learn. Yeah, same as education. So I'm really about move forward. It's like, it's like this, Brandon. I have, I have a podcast too, right? And so it's like, like how many people are like, man, how do you do it? Like, I never, I just, I don't know. I figured it out. You know, I found a guy that set it up and I, I got him to edit until I figured it out. I got my own editor. Now he's overseas. I've got like, I don't know. just buy a mic. I don't fucking care about the sound. So my point is this, if you're going to move forward, you can't be a perfectionist or a people pleaser. So that's why you get stuck. That's why you don't grow. You go very, 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 very slow that way. You might make it, but I'm fast. But I'm messy. Like I'll fall off the bike three times, but I'll get to my destination faster. But I'll learn more too. That's advice from Ben Osterveld's world. So if I was to coach someone, it's very difficult to give advice that doesn't that fits everybody because that's me. Right. 
So that advice comes from a very self-aware that I'm giving advice that fits Ben. Mm -hmm. But that's for me is I move forward. But I like podcasts, videos, books, all the same stuff most people do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And I'm glad you said that last piece because um, people speak from such a place of what's worked for them as if it should work for everybody. And very few people say the last piece and they're like, listen, that that worked for me. But you have to be self-aware and know it's going to work for you. But I think think that the advice, uh, the insight of moving forward, that that can apply across the board of like, do – but but do yeah. at your pace, do with um, knowing your limits, knowing what your relationship is like with your spouse or your partner, knowing all those things in con- context to your life, like move, maybe move forward, but with all, all of that context. And maybe someone totally. would, uh, it would overwhelm them to the point of failure if they fell off the bike three times. And so you have to know that about yourself and move forward accordingly. So that, yeah, I, I like that approach a lot. And I, I'm glad you added that last yeah. piece. If, if just one little piece is that as you move forward, you have to do it in a way where you're observing yourself or you're kind of an idiot that I have to make sure just like, falling off the bike. You're an idiot. Why would you not just like, why would you do it that way? What you want to do is be super aware of what you're feeling, what's working. So you're a scientist. You have to, when you move forward, if you want to capture real growth and actually maintain and, and not be an idiot that runs into the wall 50 times, that's not so just a real quick disclaimer is you you analyze what's going on in your emotions, analyze the logical situation, the practical side of things, what's working, what's not working, and how it makes you feel. This process is where you're going to navigate and build your own life. Because when you fell off the bike, you need to stop and take in the lessons. So I just want to make sure because I'm thinking, yeah, I smashed into the wall 50 times, you learn a lesson. That's stupid. I'm saying you do your best, get prepared get on the bike and oh, you fell over. Okay, cool. What did you learn? You got to stop. So the education is in the uh, witnessing yourself and understanding. And then you go, why did I do that? And you need to go dig, follow those threads. you pull on that thread. Why did I do that? Why did I take a left like that? Why did I do this? You got to figure it out as you go. So move forward with a, with a level of of, of a, a scientist of what makes me tick, what am I doing? How did I react? Reactions are amazing indicators because that's you can't overthink. Well, if I threw a ball at you really hard, you're not thinking I should put my hand up and block the. You go through instinct. So when you look at reactions, like if someone goes, someone says uh, you're not a good father or whatever the thing is, and you just take a look at how you react is the thread to start with. So when you're going and you fell off the bike. Take a look at your reactions. That's usually the clue because that's not overthinking. You're not stuck in your head. So just uh, just to, to add that, I think it's really important that you fall off the bike, you learn from it. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, well, Ben, this was all so helpful. You co- you did, you covered a lot. And you um, you every time I asked a question, you provided a lot of context around it to get to your answer. And I really appreciate that. I don't always get that. I get really direct answers that can, that, get, that can seem really helpful. But a lot of times it doesn't allow people then to hear that in context of, well, how does that apply to me? And they don't have the, the, yeah. the surrounding tertiary information. So that was really helpful. Um, yeah, this was really great, Ben. I really appreciate your time. Um, if, if someone really resonated with what you had to say and want to hear more about you or hear more from you, how can they get in touch with you? Where are you at online? How can they the, see that? The best uh, social media, I'm all over social media, okay. Ben Osterveld. 
but uh, benostervelt.com. That's where kind of the hub of what I've got going on. So uh, B-E-N-O-O-S-T-E-R-V-E-L-D.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes yep, and things. Yep, but, will do. But just for the listeners, uh, the biggest things, honestly, guys, is I, I do personal growth retreats. I do a few of those a year. We can come in and spend four days asking what you're on and having me challenge kind of your own stories. And we go through it. We mix it with wild adventure. And then we mix it with deep personal conversations. And I create an environment where you can self-explore and I facilitate. The other one that's been one of our flagship programs for real estate agents are the real estate agents that have had a bit of success, but they're drowning because they don't have systems. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. They've set the, the, the industry fails them on every level because they set gross revenue awards, which are completely fake in mm-hmm. any other business in the world. No one goes with gross, only real estate agents. It's just a total scam. <laughs> and so what it, it really is, you chase these words so they keep selling. But the truth is uh, what we do is we need to put in systems to build the life we love. And that's called the real estate. Uh, it's our real estate systems reboot to mm-hmm. 10 weeks and it changes people's, but it's deep personal growth mixed with business systems. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and so that's, that's the two big things that we're into. I got a book coming out too. I'm not supposed to share it yet because it's not ready, but it's called yep. the richest real estate agent guide to building a seven figure real estate business without sacrificing your family. Hmm, awesome. That's going to come out in the end of the year, but this, this podcast will stay for a while. So it'll catch up. Sometime. Cool. That's awesome, man. I love all that. Um, and I, I mean, I, that's, uh, that makes a ton of sense and why it would be so helpful that kind of boot camp or reboot you said. Um, systems reboot. Yeah, yeah, systems reboot. Man, that makes so much sense that people just build, build, build um, and don't, don't right. build. Sales. Yeah, sales, right. Yeah, gross revenue and they don't get to a point where they're like, yeah, no, this is the life I wanted and what I set out to accomplish. Yeah, wh- what is enough? Yeah. When do you get there? Right. That's it's right. just an endless, because then you'll just look over to the next guy. Yep. You hit your goal and look at the next guy and be like, oh shit, he's... Yep. He's doing 500 transactions. I need a right. super team. Mm-hmm. How many times I hear that shit? The mm-hmm. guy just wants to go hang out with his kids, right. have holidays, right. spend. You know, you only need, like, if you actually think about it, like 20 grand a month, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't live an amazing life with a quarter million dollars a year. It's $300,000 a year. People yeah. are like, I need 500 grand. I'm like, what are you going to spend it on? Yeah, right. I need a million. Do you know how many people make a million? Yeah. Nobody. Right. No one actually like in, in real estate, there's a maybe one or two. You're going to be the one. And I look at the guy and I'm like, there's no way you're a millionaire, but let's get a life. Why don't you make 120 grand? That might give you an amazing life. Right. There's just no, there's no sense of enough because it's all driven by that gross revenue goal. Yep. Yep. No, that makes total sense. Well, thanks again, Ben. I appreciate your passion, your insight. Uh, this was all just really helpful. And I know my listeners gained insight as well. So thank you again for taking the time. No problem, man. It's been a pleasure. All right. You take care, Ben. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.